Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Day number one for us in New York with the show, and it's day number one for the NFL Combine where Paul Koharski joins us from Indianapolis, giving us live coverage of all things uh, pro football and all things uh, combine. We're about to get some news and notes. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. The entire crew back at 6th and Peabody making it happen for us, working hard. Uh, there with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Shout out to everyone back in Nashville. And shout out to everyone here, Chad, at uh, Fox News Radio and everyone on the 15th floor um, where it... it uh, you would assume that everyone would come in here on a daily basis. This is, in many, many people that we've met, this is their first day back, literally, back in New York working in person in their office that they left like two years ago. Yeah, Hollywood, Jason, Todd. Uh, Hollywood's been checking it out. These Jason guys have and been Todd, here. These guys have Jason been here. Jason and Todd, i got to give these guys a shout-out because um, they've been here throughout. And, in fact, Jason just got back from Mardi Gras, much like our intern, <laughs> Ellie. Uh, and he is soldiering through this today yes, while we sit here and spout nonsense <laughs> for three hours. And he's suffering through it. So special shout out to Jason. But a big thanks to Todd, Hollywood, Kelly Dixon, everyone here at Fox News Radio uh, who's helped us have a studio, yep. set this up. We've had a very comfortable space here. So big thanks. And I'm going to say it again because a lot of people in the YouTube chat that are checking in sporadically are like, where in the world are you guys and where is Paul? We are in New York City for the Barrett Sports Media Summit. That is, tonight it starts with a welcome party that Outkick 360 is hosting. Hutton and I are masters, masters of ceremony at this party tonight, so we're excited about that. Paul Kuharski is in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, so split crew today for those that are confused about this. But we we're still will, getting a lot done. We'll be cheersing tonight at, at the uh, kickoff party for the BSM Summit, and then Paul will be cheersing the St. Elmo's cocktail sauce, uh, I'm, I'm betting. Paul, uh, have, you, have you been able to, to get out since you, uh, you drove up last night, right? I drove up right after the show. Painful four-plus hours, um, but uh, no no sleeping, no uh, falling, uh, no heavy eyelids. Uh, rolled in. I've got a hotel room with a, a newfangled uh, table, but no desk. So you know how excited that makes me. Yeah. And uh, I will be dining with old friend who I once shared a uh, certain resort uh, oh. last with. Matt Mayoko. Mayoko. Not, not at St. Elmo's, um, another place that he's discovered in years past and visited and uh, speaks highly of. So I'll have a review tomorrow. <laughs> well, there's no telling what, what that will be like. He, yeah. People will be clothed. Maybe uh, Mayoko joins us tomorrow. I know Vrabel, we've already mentioned Mike Vrabel will be on the show tomorrow. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we're going to hear from Arthur Smith, who's going to swing by and chat with you, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. 
Uh, some of the coaches and GMs have been making their way through today. Uh, and what is the, the kickoff to Combine Week? I know the players aren't going to work out and get those going until Thursday, but a lot of news happening right now uh, in Indy. What is, what is news and note number one that people need to know about from your coverage there today? Well, I don't know that, uh, you know, we've talked about the quarterback stuff, which I, and, and you guys talked about uh, Gutenkust. Um, <clears throat> I thought one of the more interesting things was uh, Brandon Bean from um, uh, the Bills talking about the over, overtime uh, policy. He said he joked with another GM that there'd be 32 different proposals coming in for what <laughs> should happen with overtime. Obviously, the Bills, uh, the big losers in the overtime scenario against the uh, the Chiefs in the playoffs, and um, he said that they've they've got a plan. In he wants uh, they've endorsed. Uh, let's play it for a period of time. Uh, I think he thinks he's being uh, secretive by not saying what that period of time is. It's going to be 10 minutes or, or 15 minutes. He said like the NBA does five minutes. Um, I asked him why not in the regular season, and he said that he doesn't have that big of an issue with ties. He's like me. Um, and brought up the, the health and safety uh, health and safety concerns. Um, but he, he You agree that, that doesn't hold weight, does though, think- right? The health and um, safety concerns. They added they added an extra regular season game and took away a preseason game where the guys don't play anyway, and then they added two more teams to the postseason. Yeah, well, I mean, I think having added all of that, if you're adding an extra, <laughs> but the rules existed before this to to a game. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's not the greatest reason not to do it, but I do see how you could say. It is a reason not to do it, and it would put you if you played a full 15-minute or a full 10-minute overtime against the Ravens this week, and somebody else played a finesse team, and you had a short week of rest, and they had a long week of rest. I do think it would be a factor, but I think it's so infrequent that it'll be a factor I, I don't in the postseason too, though. Like the, I, head of, head I, of the list. I know what you're saying, Paul, but it, it, it would be a factor in the postseason as well on a weekly basis. Like that, all of that is just excuse making for not changing the rule because the TV contracts are carrying weight with the league and they want to get out on time. But you and I are on vastly different sides of the tie. I'm okay with ties in the regular season. Uh, But I don't want two different rules in the regular season and in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I I will say that. I think the rules should be the same in the regular season and in the the playoffs. Sean McDermott didn't go into as much detail on this, but he said there are ways to make the game better. Um, and and I, I think uh, you know I think most people agree. I'm going to ask Arthur Smith about this coming up uh, as well, so we'll get a uh, another coaching take on the overtime proposal. Kevin Colbert, who uh, is retiring after the draft, um, had an interesting take. Now he's in position to need a quarterback in this draft, and he said uh, he believes it's a good class for quarterbacks, and that they're going to be starters on the NFL uh, in the NFL out of this quarterback class. For sure. He said there aren't as many as there are oftentimes, but he didn't disparage this quarterback class as a lot of people are doing. Now, that's probably protecting his turf, of course, because he needs maybe one of these quarterbacks to be his guy. They're drafting, what, 21st, if I'm remembering correctly, could trade up. But he also dismissed the idea, and uh, guys, I've been there. The Steelers share a facility with Pitt. 
But he dismissed the idea that that uh, the Steelers have any great extra insight into Pitt from sharing a facility and said people don't believe him, but that they have the same amount of insight into the Pitt Panthers um, as they do into a team in the West Coast. So the idea that, uh, that they have um, extra intel into a Pitt quarterback coming into the draft who a lot of people are pairing them with, uh, as compared to what they would have with another school, he, he's not lending a lot of credence to that. And uh, I've been to that facility. I mean, uh, it's yeah. not like uh, you know it's they've Heinz got a Field. tower set up to 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 look into. Well, no, their practice facility is also a, a, a shared deal. But it's not like they've got you know a tower set up to look over the fence um, and watch right. pit practices on on some regular basis. Uh, you know, it's akin. Uh, it's not quite akin to the Titans and TSU, but. You know, the same point taken. They're, they're not watching pit practices on a daily basis any more than anyone else is. Paul, what did Cliff Kingsbury say about Kyler Murray today? I know Kingsbury spoke with the media, and he would have addressed the, the Twitter and social media post or taking down post. or What's he saying about his quarterback? Because they're tied together moving forward. It was odd, Hut. Uh, I do not think that the Arizona media traveled well. I was late to Kingsbury. Maybe, maybe they had all asked their questions and it got quiet. But, you know, it's usually relatively hard to get a question. And, you yeah. know, I'm pretty good at timing things up when, when uh, the, last, the last breath is used and the That's answer, right. I could jump in and get a question. There was some silence in the Cliff Kingsbury um, press conference, and it was easy to get a question in. I thought it would probably be redundant, but I had missed the beginning. And so I asked him, you know, is the social media stuff – Maybe just part of what you have to accept with a, a young guy circa 2020. And he kind of ran with that and said um, it's, it's kind of the way these guys live. Um, and then he went on to say, you know, uh, there's a lot of frustration connected to that playoff loss and uh, that he had no doubt that Murray was going to grow from it and look forward to seeing what that looked like. They have things to sort out. They sat down. He said he hasn't spoken to him since the letter was put out by the agent, but that they did sit down at the end of the season. He expressed his concerns. Murray did. And the team talked to him about what he they wanted him to do. And that both teams were very clear on those fronts. So, um, you know, he... he, he made it seem like both sides walked away from the season very clear and that he talks to Kyler Murray with relative frequency, though, again, not in the last couple days. Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy, uh, you, you heard from him, and he was discussing the Cowboys' focus and what they're focused on right now. Yeah, he talked about being the number one offense isn't, isn't what they're worried about, yada, yada. Penalties? And uh, the new catchphrase in the Dallas-Arlington area, adversity football. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, 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 Mike Vrabel doesn't exactly <laughs> phrase it that way, but Mike Vrabel's a pretty good football coach in Nashville who talks about the Titans' ability to face adversity and his ability to judge his team's character based on what it does not when things are going well, but how, how it reacts when things are going poorly. I think that's what Mike McCarthy's getting at, and adversity football is what you do uh, in the 11 seconds of your 13 seconds, not in the 14 seconds of your 13 seconds. I think that uh, is, is a big example of what he's talking about there. That's not a very good ad adversity football team, or it wasn't, um, and he wants it to be a, a lot better. 
there. He also listed off uh, all the surgeries his guys have had since the season <laughs> ended, and the ceiling of the convention center did well, not come crashing down. That that is uh, that's noteworthy, uh, guys. We we when were really good. But about it. Let me prove it to you. Here's all of our surgeries. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm giving you all a form right now, and it's all of our injuries throughout the season. I've got my assistant passing Here's them the out immersion. to you. Paul, um, we including some, Dak. Dak had some sort of surgery. Paul, we've had some memorable moments at the Combine uh, from a media perspective. You screaming at Jason Lockenfora was one of them. <laughs> Dan Dockett screaming at us that he was number one and opening a show saying the number one show in America with us two tables down. What is the lay of the land this year at the Combine? I'm curious. We talked about this in the Super Bowl. How packed is the Radio Row area? Are you next to someone you don't like? Have you shouted at anyone today? What's it been like for you? Um, Radio Row is, is, you know, it's not that big. I mean, it, it takes up the same amount of space, but Radio Row is predominantly team outlets, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if virtually every team was here. I'm right across from the Titans. I'm looking at the Lions. I'm looking at the Cowboys. Um, a lot of teams have their team outlets here. Not a lot of radio stations because you can't get that many people. You might get your head coach and your GM but it's hard to get other coaches and other GMs, and the prospects are completely uh, off limits and unavailable. So outside of other quality media guests, you're, you're not filling up uh, a show here on Radio Row to the degree that most outlets would want in order to spend the money um, to come to Indianapolis. So uh, I, I, it's about the same as it was before uh, covid Quick Jason Lockham for a note um, to talk to Pete Prisco. There was no avoiding Jason Lockham for a. So picture a two shot here. I'm sitting here. I'm Prisco, bald but uh, shorter. <laughs> and Lockham for sitting here. I approach Prisco to talk to him face to face here. Hey, what do you not return my text anymore? Have a conversation with him. Never make any sort of eye contact or acknowledge Jason Lockham for his presence right here. Will he um, have a run-in? Will, will they have a run-in, Chad, this week? Your prediction? He's a non, he's a non-factor anymore. He doesn't he doesn't really uh, he does less reporting, so he does less long, wrong reporting, <laughs> and I think he's become a relative non-factor on the national who, stage, Paul, which who's is a relief your guy, to everyone. Who's your guy, Rothstein in Detroit? I predict a run-in with I was, Rothstein. I was thinking about Rothstein. Ah. I got to ask Arthur Smith about Rothstein. He he has Rothstein he's, in his oh, yeah. press Oh yeah, he's now in Atlanta. In Atlanta, I, I did. I, I have been on that elevator several times, and I envisioned encountering Rothstein and saying, "Couldn't get Nashville, Chief. Had to settle for Atlanta. <laughs> Better than Detroit, but still on the list of the crappiest cities in America. At least the weather's better." I love so that I you have envisioned that. I will. I've pre-prepared. Yes. I love that you have your disc uh, armed in the holster and ready to go for oh, when you plan. see Rothstein. Boys, it's official. Uh, Major League Baseball games will be lost this season. Rob Manfred has announced the first two series of the regular season have officially been canceled. This coming directly from Major League Baseball. So the 31st only? The first two series. So se- first two series for every team are out. Basically the first week of the season is okay. done right now. That, that's what we know now. And it'll only continue to go down as they don't reach a deal. Paul, your thoughts on games now being canceled? Well, I got hopeful when I did a scan of Twitter earlier um, because it seemed like uh, there was potential, and I heard you overheard you guys talking uh, uh, promisingly. 
Yeah. Um, and then it didn't happen. And now I'm looking immediately. And the Yankees will be missing the Rangers um, and the Astros. So next canceled series will be Yankees-Red Sox. And this, as you know, is all I really care about. Why, um, so why I'm is uh, I'm looking at a photo right now of Rob Manfred smiling. Uh, it, oh, it's a very jolly guy. No, I mean, like a live press conference where he's discussing how they're going to be canceling the first two series of the season. And they've had how many days to, to get this done? And ultimately, they're, they they walked in yesterday, Paul, reportedly, uh, and, and, and what would have been the final day of negotiations, and said, by the way, MLBPA, we are willing to miss the full the first full month of the season, just so you know. Okay, let's let's continue discussions. Um, to me, that's just, it's dumb because right now it's no harm, no foul. And once you start canceling games, the perception of the last time we went through all this and then 2020 plays a factor in how they tried to bargain their way into the, the smallest amount of time but the most money, this, look, this is a terrible look for Manford, and he's up there gloating like, uh, like they just made it through a COVID season in full and, and hoisted the trophy and we had a World Series champion. Well, what needs to happen, I think this, I don't know if it's on the docket or if it's part of the new structure they're talking about, but in the new structure, when they get there, it has to be structured in a way that missing games in the future over a labor dispute will be more painful to them so that they would work harder to preserve games rather than have a... uh, a cutoff point in the distant future where you say, well, the real cutoff is several months away. After then, (laughs) uh, the combination of gate loss and TV money would really hurt us. But losing these three months isn't painful. They have to create a system where losing any game is painful. Um, That that would be a key to me in the the new uh, labor deal. Uh, Losing any games is painful. That should be the policy for any collective bargaining agreement in any league. Set it up that way. And here comes the finger pointing. Uh, keep in mind the owners locked the players out here. Uh, and Manfred is pointing at the union saying, blame the union whenever he says that the MLB proposal, the final one, would give players a 33% raise to two-thirds of the players by increasing salaries of young players. Now, the, the, he's not getting into details on what the increase is. But it says it's a 33% raise to two-thirds of the players. Uh, I'm sure the union will fire back at the, the, the rate of that raise and say it's not nearly up to the standard of, of what they discussed or what we expected, and therefore we're not signing it on behalf of the future players of the sport. And here's more comedy from Rob Manfred, who said, I quote, The concerns of our fans are at the very top of our consideration oh, list. That from Rob Manfred. Also, uh, Bob Nightingale reporting... One person with direct knowledge of talk says Major League Baseball actually used the phrase, this is our, quote, best and final offer today when talks broke off. That's it. Baseball's over. <laughs> if it's their final It offer. was a good run, America. We had a good run with baseball. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah. And I'm, 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 not, yeah. uh, I'm not saying that people don't care about baseball. They clearly do. But there, there's been a lack of discussion about this um, compared to the last time that we went through a, a labor situation. And, and because of that, I don't know if you polled the average sports fan if they could tell you. Not, and I'm not saying in the, in the MLB markets. It's the average sports, sports fan across the, across the country, Paul, if they said, hey, when's opening day? I don't know if people could tell you. I, they could tell you when the season generally starts and ends. But 
you know, at this point, I, I still find I'm still hard pressed to believe they're going to miss a big chunk of time, given the given the fact of the the perception of the league and where it's headed. Well, I couldn't tell you opening day. I mean, I know it's near the beginning of April, right? I'm looking at it now. It looks it's March like 31st. It's, uh, it was, was March 31st. It was supposed to be March 31st, right? Um, uh, I don't know what jolts them. You know, there's not going to be a massive fan reaction nationally. There'll be a an ugly fan reaction from, from the diehards, and the diehards are their lifeblood. Um, but when these labor disputes come around, they're not usually reacting to the fans. No fan is in support of a labor right. uh, work stoppage, no matter Man- uh, you know who's at fault or, or, or anything. And Manfred's doing his job. You know, he's, he's – but doing his job but standing up there and smiling and kind of chuckling about it is just odd to me given the, the state of what today signifies and the fact that he's announcing that they're canceling the first two series of the season. Um, it's, it's just weird. Well, guys, if you'll excuse me He's during the break. He's never been a good face. No, not at all. Um, I'm, during the break, I'm going to pull up Terrence Mann, James Earl Jones' speech from Field of Dreams about how baseball never dies, continues to march right. along, and hopefully will baseball to playing again and, and not going away. When we come back from break, Paul's going to be joined by Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He joins Outkick 360 next. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. We are about to go back to Indianapolis, but we welcome you back in New York. It's Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chad, we are in the city, and we're hosting a party tonight on a rooftop, believe it or not. We are indeed, Hutton. Barrett Sports Media Summit is this week with Jason Barrett and his group covering sports media. A lot of TV, a lot of radio people are in town in New York City for this great event. We are, by we, I mean Outkick360 and Outkick.com, officially hosting the um, welcome party tonight at Hurley's in Manhattan to get everyone ready for the week ahead for the Barrett Sports Media Summit. Uh, So, Hutton, we're excited about this event. We're excited to talk about the Outkick360 brand and what we're doing with radio and radio distribution with Skyview Networks. That is going to be top of the agenda tonight, so looking forward to uh, to seeing some old friends and to hanging out with a lot of radio professionals, sports media professionals tonight at Hurley's in Manhattan. But we're a split crew today. Yeah, yeah. And we would be cheersing with Paul tonight on the rooftop, and we'd be cheersing with the, the next guest of the show, oh, friend of the show, Arthur Smith, who is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He joins Paul Koharski at the NFL Combine. In Indianapolis, Outkick 360, very pleased to be joined by Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. Thanks so much for making the time for us here. I know you're a popular man. Well, Paul, thanks for thanks for having me. So good to be here. Uh, so you come into the NFC South, and uh, after one year, Sean Payton bugs out, and Tom Brady uh, hangs it up. Uh, who, who's who's leaving next? Running away from you? Uh, it's still a really tough division. I, I know. I know it looks like on the surface, Sean's uh, got down another, arguably one of the better coaches in the last two decades in the NFL, and 
Tom speaks for itself. So, uh, but there's a, there's a lot of challenges. Really good defenses in the league. A lot of good players, good coaches. They're going to reload. Every year is hard, and, and we got to work cut out for us. We know you uh, were getting a head coaching job in the league. You were a popular candidate. Uh, did it make life any easier transition-wise for you that you were only going a few hours away from Nashville in terms of all the logistics for your family and everything to stay in the Southeast? Absolutely. Um, you know, I feel very fortunate that Atlanta offered me a job. It was certainly made the transition easier. Um, you know, my family, that, that first year, there's a lot of stuff going on and they're great problems to have. And they didn't move till the summer. So when I got a free night, I could at least get in the car and, and burn it up 75 and, uh, and head up that to Nashville. Any tickets? No, didn't. Thankfully. That's pretty remarkable. To, to Chattanooga's uh, traffic. Yeah. I, I don't know what to think of that. Well, you can't get a ticket there because you're going five miles an hour the whole time. Right. Yeah. So I want to go back. You were a defensive analyst when you went to old miss. Correct and a defensive quality control coach when you first came to the Titans for a couple of years. But then Munchak switched you to the offensive side of the ball. What was the big rationale for that uh, as you then came up the ranks, obviously, through the offensive side? Well, uh, you know, it certainly helped me everything I did from that point on, spending four years on defense. I was with four different coordinators. I was with Greg Williams in Washington, Greg Bosch. Uh, Ty Nix at Ole Miss, and then obviously Jerry Gray when Munch's first year. Uh, but having my conversations and really long-term goals, I think Munch thought I'd be – that's what I had played. I'd been an O-lineman in college. I had GA and an offensive guy. And long-term, what was my goal? And so when we talked, he, he wanted he thought it would be good for me to switch back to offense. I'm thankful he moved me. It's funny because I went back and looked at that Munch at staff. He obviously wasn't greatly connected around the league because he'd been – an oiler and a Titan all that time. Mm -hmm. And he got a late start because Fisher's exit was late with that whole thing with Bud Adams. But then a lot of guys from that staff have surfaced in the league and are kind of flowering all, all over the place, getting head coaching interviews and the like. You guys had a tight knit group there with a lot of football minds. There was uh, fortunate, you know, by circumstance, when I got there my first year, Charles London and I shared an office. Charles is now you know, with us in Atlanta doing a terrific job. And then the next two years, John Gannon and I shared an office. And, um, and obviously John was on the, the circuit this year. And, you know, he's a coordinator up in Philly. Uh, we had a lot of good young catch, uh, coaches on there. Dave Ragone, who's now with us in Atlanta. You know, Dave and I worked together in Tennessee. So I feel very fortunate. You had some skeptics that who thought the Falcons would take – Matt Ryan's ultimate successor in the draft last year. You went with Kyle Pitts, who obviously proved himself to be just as good of a tight end as a lot of people thought. 68 catches, over 1,000 yards. Didn't get him in the end zone probably as much as you'd like. Sure. What's the ceiling for this guy now as you get more weapons on the field around him? Yeah, Kyle's a very unique player. We felt very confident when we took him. And then a lot of it, too, you know, where we were sitting in the draft, um, you know, there was – uh, the quarterbacks last year, they were all you know highly touted going into it. Uh, we knew we were certainly weren't going to take the first quarterback off the board, and, and we knew that there's some good players. Obviously, Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Davis Mills and others that, that you know they probably all go on to have terrific careers. But where we were at, and this maybe been a little bit of my past experiences, if you throw a quarterback in there and you've got no help around them, it can be ugly. And there's a lot of different models. You know, guys have played through it. Peyton Manning played through it. There's other guys, and they, they, they step in there. You can make a very subjective argument. Mac Jones stepped into the best situation last year.
No different than when they transitioned to Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. That was a good roster around them. You had veteran linemen. You had Kelsey. You had Hill. Um, so there's a lot of ways to do it, but we feel confident about our long-term plan. And, and uh, you know, I don't think you ever dismiss the quarterback class that's coming through. What um, four picks in the first 75? You got to like your draft situation, number eight. So we're moving back mm -hmm. gradually. Uh, but the cap struggle is real for sure. you guys again. Um, how do you kind of fight through that as you guys try to, to rebuild? And how much of a albatross can it can it become, or how much is it just something you have to endure? Yeah, I mean, you know what you signed up for. So fortunate to get the job, and uh, you know that's Terry and I's you know challenge, and, and we're going to be com competitive, and we just got to find different ways to do it. I mean. Uh, you may get frustrated, you know, on the surface about something, but that's not your reality. And so we've tried to strategically go about it. We'll try to be smarter than we can in free agency. We, we need to nail this draft as we continue as this team building process. Really clever use of Cordell Patterson by you guys this year. We saw Debo Samuel uh -huh. used very cleverly by San Francisco. Did you set out to use him like that, or did necessity slash – I know you trusted, you had faith in some of your coaches who kind of suggested that this year. Yeah. Um, and, and again, all your experiences built up to it. We had done a little bit with, with guys in Tennessee. Um, certainly not the same level as, as Cordero did for us. And well, we saw and, Johnny Smith. Sure, you saw Johnny. Yeah. I mean, we found, tried to find different ways to get AJ. I mean, we did a certain number of Wildcat with, with Derek. And uh, any way we could to, to move the football. And, and a lot of it was a necessity. And, and ironically, it was Dave Ragone and, and Charles that kind of pitched to Terry and I, hey, I've worked with this guy. He's a unique player, and I, I like to see myself as you know, have a flexible mindset. And so we, I was like, all right, let's push him and see what he can handle. And uh, he did a terrific job with it. You think he and Debo and, uh, are going to lead to a trend of more running, uh, more receivers getting the ball on this kind of thing out of the backfield that will maybe test the edges more often? I think certainly a lot of people will try. Um, I think it's a unique, you know, these guys are different skill sets coming out where the game is, you know, they, some of these guys, they play all year round in these seven on seven leagues. And so got a lot of versatile athletes coming through, coming out of the talent pool that you draft on both sides of the football. Um, but, you know, even CP and, and when I've watched the Debo, they're, they're very different and they go back there, but they're different style runners. What'd you learn about putting a staff together going through it the first time? And is it equal parts fun and stressful? Do, do you feel pressure, like I got to get this right, or my linebacker group won't run the way I need it to run? I imagine there's got to be a degree of that at each position. Sure. Um, it's obviously changing. There's going to be movement every year. Uh, you know, I, I think the, some of the rules have opened up and kind of restrictive to hire people. You know, if I'd gotten a job maybe the year before, wouldn't have had the same staff. Wouldn't have had to let guys out to be coordinators or, or whatnot. And, um, and we're certainly trying to develop young coaches in our own building as you progress year, year to year. Um, but it's important. It's just like team chemistry. Staff chemistry is a huge, huge factor. Matt Ryan was superb against the Blitz this year. So what does that say about uh, team's willingness to blitz you, I guess? Like, how do you come out of that? You know he's good against the Blitz. Sure. So are you trying to invite the Blitz? And how's that all factor out? With you know, I think it's how people want to attack him. I think most quarterbacks, people try to go right through the middle of the pocket. Um, you know, looking at you know, even the sack tape from around the league this year. Hey, well, he's a pocket passer, and that's why he got sacked. Well, there's a million athletic quarterbacks that got that got sacked a lot too. And if you can't protect the inside of your pocket, 
you're going to have problems. Whether they bring pressure, they got pressure players that can that can ice you up in the middle of the pocket. So uh, we'll continue to try to work to clean that up. And Matt's seen it all. Uh, he's got a terrific release. I mean, he's smart as hell. I mean, it's not his first rodeo when he's back there and somebody brings the pressure on him. Got to take a great deal of comfort in having a veteran quarterback while you guys are rebuilding, reloading, however you want to put it. Sure. You look around the league and there's so many teams that are scrambling or eager that somebody's trading somebody big and you, while uh, while you may be a couple years away, know what you've got. Right. And uh, there's a consistency and that's Matt. There's, there's uh, not a lot of guys like him who've had that amount of success. He's about as low maintenance of a, of a big-time player as I've been around. Uh, there's no drama with Matt. He's the same guy every day. Uh, you know, so hopefully we can – he continues to push himself, and we can continue to work together and, and win, win a bunch more games. Don't be one of these guys that tells me you, you don't want to talk about your overtime solution. You you know what the best way to solve this overtime crisis is. First, I want to know, how willing are you to accept a tie? I, I know you don't want a tie, but is a tie a satisfactory result for the NFL to, to accept? Like, is it okay that there's a tie column in the standings? No, there's a lot of – obviously, it's a popular debate right now. And you, we saw it play out in the playoffs. We saw both sides of it. And uh, really right in back-to-back weeks, um, getting the ball and the other team not getting a chance. And then you saw a team get the ball. And, and so it's painfully obvious they're going to make some changes. I think it's going to start with the postseason, just reading the tea leaves. Um, yeah, you certainly don't want to tie, but if those are rules and it's only 10 minutes in the regular season, then you've got to be okay with it, certainly, if you're in that – where you may get in a situation late in the year where a tie benefits you more, the way the math works out, you got to be willing to take it for long term. How much does an extra 10 minutes of play on on a Sunday hurt you for next Sunday in terms of the extra wear and tear on your team, which is what a lot of people use as the rationale sure. to not have that? It depends what kind of game you're in. Um, you know, if it's a track meet, who knows? I, I, I speak on this one. Like that game two years ago in Baltimore, that was like a heavyweight fight. So if they'd gone two more rounds, that could have had some. Uh, <laughs> but, that, but that's that's the style of play that uh, you know both teams were in that type of it. So it just depends on the on the players, how the game's been played. And, you know, has it been a been physical, you know, heavy run game? Yeah, certainly. Quick speed round, game show style. All right, so uh, the head coaches you worked under, the biggest. Give me a phrase of the biggest influence or carryover thing into your. Work as a head coach, well, starting with Joe Gibbs. Uh, I think Joe, watching how he managed the team and uh, his emotional maturity makes a lot more sense to me now than it did then. That's interesting. Mike Munchen. Munch, uh, just the, what he taught me in protections, grinder, guy had a Hall of Fame jacket, you know, was very uh, self-sufficient, no ego, uh, just just phenomenal in protection. Ken Wisenhardt. Another creative mind, uh, Wiz, obviously, come and give me a completely different perspective in the passing game. Uh, Malarkey? Uh, you know, Mike had his way. He wanted to do things and, and certainly um, knew how to, what, he, what, what he was after and, and helped change the culture. And Mike Brabe? Yeah, Braves is – I've stolen a lot from Braves. Um, always be appreciative. Both Malarkey and, and Mike Brabe will give me a shot. And, uh, but, God, you know, Braves is one of the smartest guys I've been around – Knows how to manage a team and uh, stole a lot from Braves. Arthur Smith, head coach of the Rising Falcons in the AFC, uh, NFC South. Sorry. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to sit down. Oh, thanks for having me, Paul. Appreciate you. 
Great chat there uh, with PK and Arthur Smith. Always great to see him. Hopefully able to catch up with him soon, maybe in studio at 6th and Peabody if he makes it back uh, to Nashville anytime soon. Great yeah. friend of the show. We're rooting yep. for him in Atlanta. I tell all of my Atlanta Falcon family, friends, all of them, stick with it. This guy can coach. Well, and they, they were playoff contenders with two weeks to play in the season, which is remarkable considering what they lost and just how bad their defense was uh, with with talent. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that as the offseason progresses there in Atlanta. Good to hear from Arthur. We uh, check back in with PK to wrap things up from the NFL Combine and give you some headlines going into the evening and to get you ready for the Wednesday edition. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Wrapping up what has been a fun day number one in New York City. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Shout out to the crew for making it happen. Both at 6th and Peabody, our home studios in Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, and the crew right here with uh, Fox News Radio uh, and the entire staff on board uh, up here on the 15th floor. And at the convention center on the floor is Paul Koharski in Indianapolis first at the floor. NFL Combine. Paul's on the first floor. First floor. That's right. That's right. Paul, everyone is back together. Everyone's back together, and you can tell, can't you? Yeah, uh, talked to a couple people um, and, uh, and and heard a couple people at the podium just saying how delighted they were, quite frankly, to be back among people, uh, among their peers, uh, even coaches and general managers, uh, smiling at the idea of spending 15 minutes with uh, often the not-beloved media. But um, <laughs> to, to be able to... Uh, Trent Baalke said to, to get hands on players again um, after the combine year, the combine less year last year uh, because of COVID um, made people really appreciate it. I, I think there's also uh, some sentiment going on here because everybody expects the league to screw it up, take the combine away from Indianapolis next year um, because it'll be more profitable elsewhere if less functional. Um, you know, Indianapolis isn't the greatest city in the world, but it is the greatest city for hosting an event like this yeah. where every, everybody's plenty used to it and, uh, and is very well organized and condensed. Um, and it won't be nearly as condensed in Dallas or Los Angeles, which are the other two candidates for it next year. Paul, I'll say it's a similar feeling here. There's probably more jubilation than anything um, and it, it, to what you're facing there in, in Indy because – Chad and I, in your honor, went and had pizza by the slice as soon as we landed and uh, arrived downtown, Midtown, at Real Pizza. That's right. And there was a woman that was in front of us, and the guy recognized her voice, but that was the first time that he had seen her face because every time she'd been in there, she'd been wearing a mask. And today is apparently the day where they're not wearing masks indoors or something. It's like we got here on the perfect day. Well, I am sure you boys enjoyed that pizza and made you... (laughs) Look less kindly on the place that you eat pizza at most regularly. It was pretty good. In and around Nashville, Tennessee. 
It was pretty Paul, good. Paul, we uh, were so excited about being in New York City during the last break, and, and we shared it here with Jason and Todd, the New York Knicks fan video of Bing Bong <laughs> after their first win of the season that we love so much, of them getting hyped. Uh, that really got us in a New Yorker state of mind. We're going to try to reenact that tonight at the party. Yes. It carries less weight <laughs> given that the Knicks absolutely suck. Oh, it makes it better. It, I, it makes it funnier. Um, I, I guess. It, the, the, the Knicks are funny, just not in a uh, fun way. Not for a Knicks fan, anyway. Paul, we will. Knicks fan. We're going to be on a rooftop this evening, and uh, we are uh, welcoming everyone to the, the Outkick and Outkick 360 party. Um, we'll, we'll have some videos and other things playing, but on your behalf, is there anything you would like us to, uh, to say on behalf of PK to the masses tonight? Well, I would say welcome to New York, the city that never sleeps, and a place where they know how not to block the box. Watch what your Uber and cab drivers are doing and take it home, spread it around the country where you should also lock your locks. There you go. Paul, uh, have a good evening. Expect a full report on this meal with Mayoko. And uh, good luck in choosing the establishment. Tell him we said hello. The establishment is Bluebeard, and I look forward to reporting. Have a big night. Tell everybody I wish I was there. That sounds Blue like a mistake. Beard. Will do, Paul. You're, you're missed. <laughs> Don't we'll, prejudge. We'll everyone. Don't prejudge. <laughs> All right, Have Paul fun. and Mayoko, headed out. Yeah, good to see you, Paul. Uh, great job today with Arthur Smith, Prisco, and more. Uh, plenty of videos, by the way, that we uh, that they pre-taped that will be online, or if they're not online already, will be uh, through our Twitter and social account on Instagram, at Outkick360 is where you can find those. Uh, great coverage there, boots on the ground in Indy. Uh, Chad, we're looking forward to uh, meeting some radio stations and future radio partners tonight here in New York. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Barrett Sports Media, uh, the summit is going on this week, and tonight is the welcome party, and Outkick 360 is hosting. That's why, for those asking, that's why Jonathan Hutton and myself, Chad Withrow, that's why we're in New York City right now. Looking forward to a great event, and um, tonight that's going to welcome everyone in to a great few days of uh, learning more about the industry. And Hutton on our end, personally, we're telling people about OutKick 360 nationally. And it's a great opportunity for us to do so as OutKick and OutKick 360 continues to grow into a national brand and we pick up more and more distribution. So yeah. excited to talk about our current radio partners on this show that have been so good to us. We had one of them in studio from down in Alabama Nick last Martin. week. Nick Martin, the great Nick Martin that we took a photo with last week. So looking forward to talking about our current radio partners and how we can grow this thing. It's going to yeah, be a lot I think, of fun. I think a great example of what we're well, wanting to build is what uh, we have partnered with already, who we've partnered with already. Great radio stations. Sports Radio 104.7, if you're listening right now across the Upper Cumberland, uh, you've got a great hometown radio station right there uh, with a great business at Stonecom. Um, with uh, Florence, Alabama, and Muscle Shoals, and Huntsville, with Fox Sports Shoals, and Nick Martin, and Chuck Hammer, and everything that they, they do, uh, a great job serving their community. And then Somo Sports Radio in Missouri um, that uh, came on board recently, well, within the last month, five weeks, something like that. Uh, and uh, they've, they've been a blowtorch for us. We, we love being on in Missouri as well. Love hearing from our listeners across the radio network as well as the, the video side where you can chat with Chad each and every day. Uh, Chad, this gives it, you know, there's a, there's a New York energy as you 
get off the you know you get off the plane and you hit the city, right? Um, I get the feeling though that this is just commonplace for everybody here. Like they hear us talking about it, and like look at these lame country dudes. Yeah, there's something about uh, this place that when you hit the streets, um, it's an electric shock to your feet, yeah. and it's very purposeful. You know, in the South, at times we don't move with a ton of purpose. When we're walking somewhere, we meander a bit. When you get in New York City and you hit that sidewalk, you better be going somewhere or you're going to get run over. And I appreciate that. When I'm here, I appreciate that way of life and how everyone has a purpose and they're going somewhere. Tonight, we are going somewhere, Hutton, and that somewhere is Hurley's Rooftop for the Barrett Sports Media Welcome party that's hosted by Outkick 360. Yeah, uh, 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 Jason Barrett and uh, Sports Radio PD on social media. We'll be posting some photos there, uh, and you can follow along. Tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel will be a part of the coverage uh, from Indianapolis. Uh, we will also uh, have Dan Dockage on tomorrow's program. He is going to be chatting with Chris Ballard tomorrow, oh, that's gonna the be general good. manager of the Indianapolis Colts. And we'll be asking him specific, specifically uh, questions about comments and answers that Ballard will be giving him because he's been no fan favorite of the Colts this season, not with their management or their head coach. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to, to hear what Dockage brings, and he'll be with us tomorrow live, as will Paul, and we, we hope you will as well. We'll be back from New York um, and broadcasting right here. Shout out to Kilmeade in the studios here and everyone with Fox News Radio. Outkick 360 rolls on Wednesday.